0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season three of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, June 4, the year of our Lord, 2018. And 23. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your Word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your Word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study." Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessing today. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people? Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be glorified. In Jesus name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer counted as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies in Matthew chapter seven, verse one, Jesus said, judge not not that ye be not judged. Yet we make value judgments every day based on our personal experiences and our feelings. We rely on our own good judgment, as well as that of other people to keep us safe physically, mentally, and emotionally. Good and necessary judgments are made by using our instinct, knowledge and intuition to discern legitimacy, assess risk and make intelligent thoughtful decisions. Further, judging is one of the ways in which we learn to then make our biggest life decisions about anything from career change to purchasing property, to beginning or ending a relationship, to child care, to retirement, etc. So Commanding us to not judge not only seems silly, but also places us in a position that is impossible for us to maintain or defend. But that is only when the command not to judge is taken out of context. To judge is to form an opinion that generally expresses a bad opinion about someone's character or behavior because you believe you are better than they are. If you are judgmental, your judgments are more than likely power-driven, unsympathetic, and based on your own strange idiosyncrasies and closed mind. In addition, your judgments are shallow, pessimistic, and consequently diminishes the feelings of others. Negative feelings and actions are the result of unnecessary judgment that have a significant impact, not only on the overall health and well-being of the person you are judging, but on you as well. Also, the more you judge others, the more likely you are to also judge yourself and be judged by persons like you people who seek to find something bad in everything and everyone. Join me in the leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit as we take an exciting journey of self-care because self-care equals self-love. And to that end, today's episode is titled, Judge Not That Ye Be Not Judged. Ladies, the scripture, Judge Not That Ye Be Not judged" comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It lends itself to a variety of interpretations and has been cited as justification for our tolerance of a wide range of progressive types of behavior, beliefs, and choices that people make, thereby calling attention to our own moral limitations and need for deep and sustained self-analysis. When Jesus said, judge not that ye be not not judged, he was talking about our tendency to pass judgment on others. He was talking about the manner in which we think of and treat others in order to make ourselves seem or appear to be more righteous. Jesus issued the command against passing judgment on others and warned that if we do, we will be judged similarly. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus said, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The scribes and Pharisees sought to make themselves more righteous than others, and they did this by being judgmental of others. They were deceived by their own self-righteous indignation, and they could not stand being challenged by true righteousness. Jesus rebuked their behavior, and in the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 2 through 12, Jesus, uh, Jesus describes the qualities of true righteousness. In summary, the people who are truly righteous are characterized as being poor in spirit, mournful, meek, hungering, and thirsting after righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, and peacemakers. They are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So they influence the world by their righteousness and bring glory to God by what they do. The unrighteous will respond to them with insult, slander, and persecution. So obviously, there was a great contrast between the teaching of Christ and that of the scribes and Pharisees and note that Jesus did not condemn the Pharisees and the scribes and Pharisees themselves, but their teachings. In fact, Jesus did not condemn them until they rejected his claim to be the Messiah. What Jesus did was expose their teaching and their hearts. What they chose to do with that exposure would determine their future destiny. Would they accept the corrections, become poor in spirit and hunger and thirst after righteousness? Or would they continue in their religious self-righteousness and being judgmental to their own condemnation? Well, we know that the scribes, along with the Pharisees and other religious leaders, would crucify the Messiah because he revealed what they did not want to know. They were happy being self-deceived by their own self-righteousness and judgmental attitude, and they did not like that they were challenged by truth. In addition, the scripture, judge not that ye be not judged, demands that we pay attention to one of the most consequential activities in our moral life, how we view and assess others, an activity too often. Exercise like an unconscious reflex. At one time or another, we have all found ourselves being judgmental of others for their actions and character or our perception of their actions and character. Our perceptions are based on our own experiences and or our own failings. When we make judgments based on our experiences, our feelings or our own feelings, we are projecting onto others the things we like least about ourselves. The words we say about others are what we may actually feel about ourselves. Projecting our own feelings and insecurities onto others can damage those relationships and lead to unnecessary conflict and dysfunction. Passing judgment. On others is a common defense mechanism employed to avoid our own discomfort and suggests that our recognition of negative traits is not within our awareness, but is a means by which we act out personal aggression on a more desirable target. In Romans chapter 14, verses 10, 12, and 13, the Apostle Paul wrote, But why dost thou judge? Thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. On judgment day, we will stand before God. He will not ask, when we stand before God, he will not ask us why our friend or family member did what they did. He will ask us to give an account of ourselves. And we have our hands full managing our own shortcomings. So the Holy Spirit does not need us to do his job. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, the apostle says, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet I, am I not hereby justified that he that judges me is the Lord? Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, but who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. The low estimation of others should not matter, should matter very little to us, because it is what God judges that is important. Even our estimation of ourselves is usually wrong because we almost always tend to be too hard or too easy on ourselves. Again, it is God who judges. Also, we must recognize that we do not stand in a perfect state of justification or innocence simply because our conscience is clear. Our righteousness comes from Jesus, not from our own personal life, even if we have a godly walk. Further, the scripture, judge not that ye be not judged, calls us to self-reflection and to introspection, because before we pass judgment on others, we must first scrutinize ourselves in such a way that it literally closes the gap between us and those we are passing judgment on. When we are constantly seeing the bad in others, criticizing them by pointing out their character flaws and talking about them as if they have no redeeming qualities, we are also training our minds to find the bad in just about everything and everybody, including ourselves. In Matthew chapter five, verses 21 through 22, Jesus lays open our hearts and exposes the murder that is in them. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whosoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. This murder that expresses itself in unrighteous anger in calling out people's names and in slandering their character. In other words, being judgmental or judging others. And the Bible says that the only proper response to that exposure is brokenness over sin. Freely admitting that you are a person in need of grace and mercy yourself. And in God find the forgiveness he grants to those who, who have faith in Jesus Christ. Ladies, as a side note, you know, most people enjoy and prefer being around positive people. Negative people tend to push positive people away because positive people do not want to sit and listen to chronic complainers constantly criticizing other people. It it is tiresome. The, the, and, and misery loves company and people who are as as miserable and and misery less company loves the company of people who are as miserable as they are. However, most people really do not like such a person. And I know this because unfortunately, I am ashamed to say there was a time in my life when I too had strong opinions, ideas, and values about just about everything and everybody. And when I voice my opinions and ideas and values. In my mind, I was right and others were, of course, wrong. That was until I got a new boss at my job who had absolutely nothing positive to say about anything or anybody, including me and my performance. And I found myself on the flip side of being judgmental and complaining to being judged and criticized. And I had a front row seat to a not so pretty mirror reflection of myself that sadly at the time I did recognize being on the flip side of being judgmental and complaining is like engaging in a, with a cigarette smoker where you do not have to smoke the cigarette yourself to suffer the ill effects of cigarette smoking like lung cancer, emphysema, heart disease, stroke, et cetera. You get the picture. Constantly complaining and judging others might feel good in the short term, but like other things that are enjoyable, it really is not good for you. It loses its flavor, raises your stress level, which raises your blood pressure, adversely impacts your cardiovascular system, resulting in potential heart problems, high cholesterol, high sugar levels, obesity, etc. You get the picture. Being judgmental and constantly criticizing others can have a significant adverse impact on your overall health and well-being. And finally, the scripture Judge not that ye be not judged is a reminder to us that the dispensing of judgment and punishment is not ours to meet, but God's and God's alone. There are many methods employed to evaluate others, or uh, ourselves over others. Passing judgment on other people is just one of them. But in Romans chapter two, the apostle Paul reminds us that when we judge someone else, we open ourselves up to equal scrutiny. The judgments we use against other people will be used against us and bring us under condemnation. Far better than that we leave all judgment to God and focus on our own shortcomings. That that way we are drawn into repentance where we receive God's forgiveness rather than usurp God's authority. For judgment is God's prerogative alone. Within our multi-faith culture, Christians are more likely to speak about God's love than his judgment because love is the unique message of Christianity. Christ is the embodiment of the love of God and his death on the cross is its greatest demonstration. Still, the Apostle Paul reminds us that God's love and judgment go together Romans chapter 2, verse 15 says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Paul explains why the Gentiles can be condemned without the law. Their conscience, which is the work of the law written in their hearts, is enough to condemn them or theoretically this law on the heart is enough to justify them. What Paul is saying is that God has laid down the principles for our lives in his law and our conscience and our conscience. Romans chapter 2 verse 13 says, for not The hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. This means that knowing the law is not enough. God requires us to live by it too and to seek after good. We close our hearts and pursue our self interest. We can reasonably expect God's judgment. Paul does not shrink from talking about the day of judgment when God judges our lives. It will be a time of complete exposure when everything is laid bare and all secrets are revealed. Our own thoughts and motives will act as witnesses, sometimes accusing and sometimes defending us. In reality, the believer needs to remember that our lives are always open to God. In Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12, the psalmist reminds us that there is nowhere we can hide. The text says, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light before me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike in thee. David, the psalmist, considered. The truth that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He sees everything and he knows everything. There is no corner or dimension of the universe hidden from God. Heaven is not too high and hell is not too low. We cannot escape the presence of God, but thankfully we can always confess our sin and our guilt and bring our doubts and fears in prayer, confident that ultimately it is Christ, the one who loves us and died for us, who rightfully judges us, not our family, not our friends, neighbors, or anyone else. While we are judging and criticizing others, we should consider what we will say when our sins are read aloud on judgment day. On that day, we will be abased confounded, speechless, and overwhelmed as God unfolds the records of our sinful past life, paragraph after paragraph, page after page. No doubt we will cry for God to stop, but God will not stop until every one of our sinful thoughts, evil deeds, curse words, theft, lie, and neglect of what we have done is read out loud and justly punished. Romans 8, 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Jesus is our advocate promoting our benefit. He died for sinners like you and me that we might be saved from judgment. He is pursuing us so that we might be saved. Ladies, sometimes we judge people intentionally and other times we judge others without noticing we are doing it. We see a homeless beggar on the street and a flurry of judgments comes to mind. That person is too lazy to get a job. They are probably alcoholics or drug addicted. They are crazy and filthy dirty. Without knowing their story, without an iota of information about them, our voice of criticism and judgment rings loud. In our heads, leading us to snap judgments, stereotypes, and assumptions. But when we point our finger at others and stand in judgment of them, we are actually pointing back at ourselves. Many people turn to criticism of others instead of focusing on how they can improve themselves. After all, it is easier to play someone else for being touchy rather than to accept responsibility for our own hurtful words. Some people look for and find fault in others because it makes them feel good about themselves. If you cannot see where you need to improve, you will never move beyond your present state of passing judgment on others. One of the dangers of passing judgment on others it's that we will always have our own standard come back to haunt us like the spirit of judgment's past. If we condemn someone's character or behavior, whether it is blatantly sinful or just different than our own, we hardly ever use the proper standard of judgment. We pass judgment according to our own strengths and opinions, but when God evaluates that same person, his judgment flows out of his omniscience, and he considers everything about that person. This is why God's judgment is perfectly just, and ours is horribly skewed, and in obedience to the scripture, we should judge not that we be not judged. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended, and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended, and Whole. Second, at Givelify, dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels, Mended, and Whole, or you may mail whatever gifts of love, You feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637 in Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you and all those you hold near and dear. Amen.